right. So my pa um, sermon title is called The Wide and Narrow, The Ultimate Choice. And this passage, the passage that this comes from is Matthew 7, 13 through 14. And let me read the word of God for you. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is the word of the Lord. So let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, bless this day to you, Lord. Thank you for every, everyone who's joining us online. Please use me and give me the boldness to speak your message today, Lord. Feeling a little nervous today, so um, Lord, just, just strengthen me, Lord. And uh, yeah, we just love you and we praise you. You just need to pray, amen. So let me start with this rhetorical question. Ask yourself this, are you on the path of the narrow gate, the narrow road, or are you, or are you walking in the wide road that leads to death and destruction? Do you even understand what this means? Well, this verse can be seen as an ultimatum. You have two choices, two outcomes. Are you leading a life of sin in a worldly life where many people are, part, and many people are partaking in this worldly life that is leading to destruction and spiritual death? Or are you on that narrow path doing good, following Jesus, having the heart of Jesus, which is leading to life. Do you find yourself at a crossroad in your life? We know we all, we all, we know we, we will all do at one point in our lives. But we know that life is short, and we are gone in the blink of an eye. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to loaf around. We don't have time to do just things and uh, like sleeping all the time, hanging out all the time. There are many, many more important things to do in your life. And we really don't have that luxury to waste time because our life on this earth is very, very short. And you know, in James 4.14, it sums it up very perfectly. It says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. You know, we are literally vapors. And vapors vanish really quickly. And that's how short our lives are, are on, are on this earth. And James wisely points this fact out. But even with this short life, we will all see or be at many crossroads. And those crossroads will be leading to both, both roads and both gates. So will you use your life to walk on the wide road or on the narrow road? Living a life of sin and debauchery on the wide road and the wide gate? Or will you take that narrow, difficult, doing good, obeying God, having the heart of Jesus, following Jesus, which leads to life? and ultimately to heaven. You know, if you look at, it, if you look at this at another angle, you'll be, you could see it as, will you be a Christian who does all the bad things 
and lives, and lives a life that doesn't really mirror Christ, and yet they call themselves believers. And those believers trying to enter that narrow gate. You know, there are a lot of people like that. And men, those people will actually enter the wide gate. And these Christians, these Christians are actually so-called sinners, don't really have that heart of Jesus within them. Or will you be one of the few true believers who follows the way of Christ? of justice, grace, and love. Even though it's hard, even though there will be many roadblocks and you might stumble along the way, it's gonna be a treacherous and narrow road. But at the end of the road is the ultimate price, ultimate prize, which is life. You can think of this as Jesus was pointing out that many people who say they believe in God, say one thing, but actually do another. These kind of Christians, when confronted on the road, will usually always pick the wide road and the wide gate because simply they truly don't have the heart of Jesus within them. Ultimately, it comes down to choices. When we are at a crossroad, that will determine what kind of Christian we are and where we will end up. You know, the choice is yours. Which choice will you make? The thing is, we will always have crossroads in our lives and we will always have to make decisions. Whether it is an insignificant one, such as picking what to wear, like a red or black dress, what to eat for dinner or lunch, or a very significant one, like to move countries for a job, or selling your house, or whatever it is, you will have many significant decisions to make in your life. But this verse is showing us that the ultimate choice one has to make in your life is will you walk in the way of sin? which is easy, non-committal, or will you choose the hard, narrow road, which only a few can endure, living in the way of Christ, doing good, and really having that heart of the Jesus within them. Will you choose to go to hell, or will you come to salvation and get life? You know, this verse comes from the Sermon on the Mount just as last week's sermon was. Ultimately, in this sermon, Jesus, Jesus is giving us an ultimatum. Two doors, two ways, and two destinations. And as one writer puts it, it is make up your mind time on the mountain. You could almost say that the sermon was to get to heaven one must choose which road to take. You are the one with a choice, and which is the choice that you will take. You know it won't be easy, because a narrow road is very hard to stay on. But there's hope. There really is hope, because even on this narrow road, if you choose to walk it, 
guess who's walking shoulder to shoulder with you? It's Jesus Christ himself. Can you imagine just this narrow road, only meant for one person, but you're squeezing right next to Jesus, and he's literally walking next to you like that. So, but there's also hope if you're on that wide road leading to destruction and sin, because you can always turn around and get back onto that narrow road. That's the redemptive power God has, but it's also the choice that you must make. The road of the narrow is a hard one, but this is why Jesus also says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, although the narrow road is a hard one to be on, with Jesus, with Jesus alongside with you, it says the yoke is easy and the burden is light. And I think that means Jesus will support you on that hard and narrow road. You don't have to walk on the narrow road alone because Jesus is there walking, walking alongside with you. You know, the narrow road is about choosing to, the, to do the right thing with the heart of Jesus. Doing the right thing because you have the characteristics of Jesus in you. The narrow road isn't easy. There will be obstacles. There will be many things that make you want to turn around. And to get to that gate and to try to get inside is even harder. That's why it says in the, in the verse, few will find it. But I think Jesus was really just pointing out how hard it is to follow him. You see, Jesus was preaching this message to show that the Jewish thinking that all Jews will, will have salvation was false. Just because you follow the laws, make sacrifices, give offerings, doing prayers, and all those things doesn't mean you're a good person, doesn't mean you're saved. He was saying, you are just doing this for show. It's basically just a charade. It's not for God, it's for yourselves, to feel good about yourselves, to feel like, you know, you are a good person. But Hosea 6.6 6 says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. And Proverbs 21.3 says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You see, Jesus doesn't care about any of all that stuff. What he wants you to do is to obey him, to love him, to do righteousness and justice. Those are the things that he, he desires. He doesn't desire offerings and all those things. You know, Jesus was telling, look, you guys are doing this stuff, but that doesn't really mean anything. People on the wide road do this stuff all the time. 
Some of us, because we aren't at church, you know, sometimes we don't watch the videos, or excuse my language, or half-ass watch them, right? You're distracted. You're probably not even really closely paying attention, maybe looking at different things, who knows? Or you might get drunk on Saturday night and come to church looking horrible, reeking of alcohol, hungover. Or you might have conflict with a church member and you ask God, forgive me, and you think that's enough. Yet you don't rectify the conflict with the member that you had a problem with. Because asking for God forgiveness is one thing, but to rectify and to um, fix that relationship is a completely different thing. You might steal, you might cheat on your wife, you might commit all sorts of debauchery, and yet when, it, and when it's time to come to church, you say, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna give offerings, I'm gonna sing praises and put on this charade you know, to be the Sunday Christian. These type of folks are some of the people on the wide road. And you know what? If uh, you're listening to this and you're offended, good. Because that's God convicting you to get off that wide road, which only leads to death and destruction and spiritual death. You know, I'm not pointing fingers here because I have done the exact same thing before. In a sense, when he was preaching this to the Jews, he was telling them, you guys do all these things to follow the law, but the heart of why you follow the law is all wrong. You're doing it for yourself, not for God. You know, as I mentioned before, God doesn't care about that kind of stuff. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says, has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of the rams. You know, again, it is pointed out, to obey God is much better than sacrifice and offering. Better than any of those acts of, um, I guess, rituals do the thing, just don't act it. You gotta act, you gotta go through with actions. You can't just do these rituals like offerings and prayers. Go out there, act like a Christian, obey Jesus, show the love of Jesus to the people. You know, doing, doing prayers and offerings, those things are all easy. All it is is that, all it is is an act to show you are good and righteous if you don't have the right heart. But Jesus is saying, you think all these things that you're doing, such as prayer and offering with the wrong heart, is the way to go? It's not. No, Jesus wants you to, do, Jesus wants you to be like him. Obey him. Fight for justice. Fight for the poor. Fight for the widows. Fight for the aliens, immigrants, and the less fortunate. You know, that is the hard road to take. What all that offering and prayer with a wicked heart is a part of the wide and easy road.
You know, fix your heart, and you'll see that doing the things mentioned above is what God truly desires. Fighting for justice and the poor is much harder than simply just giving offerings. He would rather you obey. He would rather you obey him than come to church on Sundays and listen to the sermon, sing praises, and then go home. And then you take off your Sunday mask. Then go back to regular life during the week. And then you put that mask back on Sunday. So as you can see, the narrow road which leads to Jesus is incredibly difficult difficult and a hard one. But you know what? No one said following that road or becoming a Christian meant anything and everything will become easier. No, no one said becoming a Christian will make your business prosper. No one said becoming a Christian will keep you from becoming sick. Becoming a Christian is a hard thing. It's a difficult thing. And sometimes I think people forget that. Your friends may turn their backs on you. Even your own family, who doesn't believe in God, might turn their backs on you. Your business may fail, and all sorts of things might happen to you. But at the end of the day, you'll still be following and chasing after the heart of the greatest, most magnificent, most loving, most compassionate man himself, Jesus Christ. And do you think it was easy for Jesus to know he was going to die? Do you think it was easy for him to be tortured and cursed at? Do you think it was easy for him to be crucified and endure the most insane pain possible that I can imagine? It wasn't. That's why Jesus was praying so hard on the Mount of Olives in Luke 22. 42 says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, I believe Jesus was, you know, scared. He was terrified. At least that's what I would have been if I knew I had to go through all that pain and suffering. I believe he was pleading with God. We forget sometimes how hard it was for Jesus to go through what he did. We forget that he was also human and not full, he was human and he felt human emotions, human pain and all those things, human fear. We forget all of that. And in Matthew 20, uh, 27 through 46, it states, it states, well, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema Sepaktani. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, Jesus was so connected to the Lord, was in so much anguish and in so much pain that he uttered those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He must have felt so alone on that cross at that point. And I can only imagine how he felt when he had felt so connected to the Lord. But at that moment, he was all alone. You know, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, died an innocent man for the sins of all humanity. 
And that's something that we should all, you know, appreciate and think about all the time. But we have a problem here. Sometimes we take being Christian as this easy thing, something that's easy, not difficult. And I say to that, how dare we do that? How dare I do that? You know, how dare we do, how dare do we not honor and remember the extreme anguish that Jesus went through? How dare do we make being Christian a cheap status symbol? You know, how dare we forget the price that Jesus paid? You know, Christianity is not something to be taken lightly. And it's not something that we should take something, it's not something that we should be taking as something, as an easy thing. If you remember the price that Jesus paid, being tortured, crucified, and all those sorts of things, I highly doubt you would choose to, to walk on that wide road so easily. If you consider yourself a Christian, for me, I know I would be too appreciative and grateful of the price that Jesus paid. And therefore, even though I know the, the narrow path is hard and difficult, I would, I would still try to get on that road, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many times I stumble. And we all know doing the right thing is not easy. You know, I get it. I really do. It's incredibly hard as sinners, as we all are sinners. And it's impossible to do the right thing every single time. But you gotta endure the hardships. You have to endure the suffering. And you always have to have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the manner that befits the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. You know, walking on that narrow road is walking in a manner worthy of the calling which Jesus calls us to do. To walk on that narrow road, narrow path, is a must, because as Christians, that is our calling, as Paul says. You know, Jesus will lead you on that narrow and difficult road. And as I mentioned before, there will be times when we stray off that narrow path, or we may stumble along that narrow path. But don't be discouraged. Get up, because Jesus will have his hand out to pull you back up. When you stumble, Jesus, Jesus will be right there to, to dust you off, to walk back with you. And if you get to the point where you, you know, want to get off that narrow path and turn around, guess what? Jesus will be, still be standing on the narrow path waiting for you to come back. John 3.17 says, For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may, may be saved through him. No matter what, he isn't going to turn his back on you, even when you stray off the road, even when you end up on that wide path and wide gate leading to destruction. He will never be pointing fingers at you to condemn you. Instead, he'll be patiently be waiting for you to turn back. In fact, he might send someone to lead you back on the narrow road. 
or he might nudge you back himself. I know for myself, I was on the wide road doing all sorts of, you know, bad things, things I don't want to remember about. I would come to church, not really care, play on my phone, act like a mean, wicked person outside the church, doing all sorts of things that I, I'm not going to, you know, go through right now, but I'm not proud to admit that I was that way. But yet, somehow along the way, God sent some people. God sent some people to help me back on the narrow road. One person would be Pastor Ron. You know, he, he really saw this potential in me that I never saw in myself. He didn't see me as this, like, delinquent. No, but he saw me. He saw this potential in me to be a servant of God. And when he told me that, and he took me aside for lunch, and he asked, asked me to, you know, to be an intern pastor, you know, that, that was a paradigm shift for me. That was a, it took a while, but that's how I started to view myself as well, a servant of God. And another person who helped me along the way to stay on that narrow path was uh, a missionary named Chungmi Lee Wogi. And uh, she, prayed, she prayed over me. And she gave me this incredible image of a treasure chest. This huge treasure chest. And I had the key to that treasure chest. And inside that treasure chest, she said, was God's blessings. And all I had to do was open that treasure chest. And I wanted those blessings but I still feel like I haven't turned the key all the way. But I feel like I'm getting there. And hopefully, hopefully, one day I'll open that treasure chest completely. You know, these two people gave me encouragement and changed my outlook. Then there's Pastor Ken, who gave me this opportunity to preach. You know, I had no business being up here to preach, let's be honest, right? But he also saw potential in me. He saw potential um, to be a servant of God, to be, to be this preacher, to, to maybe one day lead this ministry. And those are all things that he put into my head that gives me strength and endurance to stay on the narrow road. But the thing is, I hate public speaking. <laughs> but, you know, God gives me the courage and God gives me the strength to do those things. You know, as I mentioned before, the narrow road isn't supposed to be easy. And I admit, I stray off that road all the time. And I'm sure many of us have strayed off that road all the time as well. But Jesus always, always graciously brings us back, no matter what. What I'm trying to say is that God will send people to you when you stray off that road. It doesn't always have to be a revelation by God. He knows the path is narrow and hard. So, so sending people, or you know, even Jesus himself coming to help you stay on that path is something so Jesus-like. It's such a characteristic of Jesus. You know, for me, Jesus also intervened in my life through giving me discernment in times where I could have made, honestly, a fatal decision. You know, I don't want to go too much into details on that, but trust me. He intervened, and that's why I'm still here 
standing up here today. And although this isn't a perfect example, it reminds me of the road to Emmaus, where Jesus comes and encourages, encourages the disciples for, who are you know, downcast, you know, maybe, maybe thinking maybe Jesus really wasn't the Messiah. He died. Where was Jesus? But then this man, he starts to walk alongside them. And it was Jesus. And he was keeping their faith alive. And indeed, he has risen. Jesus encouraged them on this road and, and helped them stay on that road, the narrow road, instead of straying off into the path of destruction. He, led, he kept them in discipleship. And just like when we are on the narrow road, Jesus will come to encourage us to stay and keep our faiths alive. Although the gate is narrow and the road narrow, Jesus will help you along the way. If you truly put your faith in him and do the right thing and obey him, keep your heart on Jesus, keep your eyes on the narrow road, Jesus will make sure you get to that narrow gate and you will receive life and you will go to heaven. So make sure you follow Jesus to the narrow gates so you will find that life. That is, as is way too easy to take your eyes off and stumble. And you're gonna, you're gonna end up right back on that wide road leading to the wide gate of death. And when and if you finally get to the narrow gate through the narrow road, when you die, you can finally say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And I walked on that narrow road and endured and made it through the narrow gate. Then you can probably say, I have life in Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, beautiful Sunday. We love you so much. We know the road is narrow, the gate narrow as well, Lord. But with you, all things are possible. With you helping us along that road, we know we will find that life and we will find that gate. We love you so much, Lord. Let us never forget the sacrifices you made for us. Let us never forget the pain you endured. And for the ones on the wide and, wide and wide, wide road and the wide gate, Lord, I just ask you to change their hearts to turn them around so we can all meet at that narrow gate. Even though you said few will find it, we pray that all will be able to find it. And uh, yeah, we love you so much, Lord. Thank you for giving us life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.